Hey gang, uh, sorry if I, uh, I'm just breaking in here. Um, hope everything is going well for you on this Tuesday, September uh, 15th. Um, it feels like fall in my neck of the woods right now. I mean, it's actually in the 40s, believe it or not, uh, this morning. So yeah, I know in other parts of the world, um, you know, my, my home state, it's uh, way too hot and that's not helping situations uh, with fires and you know, et cetera. But uh, yeah, out here in the Northeast, it's starting to feel like uh, we're moving into into autumn time. So anyhow, uh, good to be here with you today. Usually we'd be going through the Old Testament lectionary text, but today we are going to be looking at uh, the Psalm. And the reason why is because the Old Testament lectionary text for this week is something I actually already covered in a previous week because it was part of a uh, larger passage that we went over from Isaiah 55. And so we're going to look at Psalm 27 today, a psalm of great comfort in the midst of troubling times, in the midst of battle, and something that I think uh, all of us can relate to, to one degree or another, as uh, we face the various battles in our lives, whether it be uh, ultimately uh, spiritual, whether it be uh, psychological, or whether it be uh, just out in the day-to-day -day with, uh, you know, our, our affairs with the world. We all face many temptations, many battles, many struggles every day, and it is good when we're in the midst of such turmoil to remember the words that come to us from uh, places like Psalm 27. So uh, this weekend's uh, gospel passage, or the connection with it is, uh, of course, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. It's the parable of uh, basically the sort of scandalous, almost uh, what seems like unfair grace of God as he gives the exact same payment, the exact same wage to workers that have worked for him, whether it be for 12 hours or whether it be for a half an hour. Uh, and the point is, of course, very clear that God is um, you know, whether you've been a Christian your whole life or whether you become a Christian in the last second of your life, like the thief on the cross did, God is going to ultimately give the same reward to all, which is his kingdom and his face for all of eternity. And so that is really kind of the big idea of that passage. And so, uh, and that's the backdrop, um, with which we read Psalm 27 today. So Psalm 27 begins, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Now right up front, David gets our attention focused on God's attributes for him. You can picture David writing this perhaps in a cave somewhere, holed up in the midst of war, uh, it's dark all around and maybe there's a candle lit in the background just enough for him to actually write something down. And as he thinks about this little light in the midst of the darkness that surrounds him, what comforts him is not the fact that he has a candle or that he has the ability to make flame. What comforts him is God. God is ultimately the one who is directing his path. What does light do? Light exposes the darkness. Light exposes us. Light can be, it is ultimately a wonderful gift, but it can also be really troubling. I mean, if uh, the light comes in and exposes darkness in our own hearts, well, we tend to shrink back from that, but ultimately all of that is done for our good. Uh, the light is always necessary for us. 
because we're prone to blindness. We're prone to wanting to walk in darkness through our self-justifications and our rationalizations of our behavior, of our ways, of, um, of other people's ways, and God will have none of it. He is our light. He is, therefore, our salvation. Because he exposes truth, that causes us to then see that he is what we ultimately need in the midst of temptation and struggle and despair. And so he is our stronghold. He is what keeps us safe. And David says, in light of that reality, of whom shall I be afraid? Oh, how important it is to have this perspective. I can't tell you how many times I can get caught up in all of the troubles of the world, all of the, the darkness of the world, and find myself struggling with anxiety, even depression at times. But it is when I'm brought back to this place, when I take a moment to pray and to remember just who my God is, that my mind is focused again on my security and my safety and ultimately his good plan for my life. David continues, verse 2, When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Indeed, there, it's always important to remember the words of Jesus. Take heart. I have overcome the world. He has defeated your enemies. And of course, we're not just, we're not merely talking about physical enemies out there. We know that ultimate, ultimately our enemies are spiritual, as Paul makes very clear in Ephesians 6. What does it say Jesus has done? Jesus has crushed them underfoot. Jesus has cast them down. They will not have dominion over you, Christian, because you are sealed in your baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You have been delivered. They can't touch you. Yes, they can harass you. Yes, they can try and assault you. But they can't win the battle. The battle is already won through Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember that daily. David says, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. I, I do love this imagery of longing to be in the house of the Lord. David could be, of course, speaking of longing to be in the tabernacle, in the tent. At this time, of course, David uh, had not built the temple, wanted to, God forbid it, ended up being David's offspring, Solomon, that got that, that job. But David longed to be in the temple or the tabernacle, not because of the beauty of the tabernacle or the temple. He longed to be there because that's where God said he was located. I know how important it is for us in the midst of struggle, in the midst of strife, to look for better heavenly things, to go where God is located. Where does God say he has located himself today? It's not in any one particular building. It's in the word and sacraments. Oh, how I, you, you could substitute this. How I long to dwell in the place where the word and sacraments are present, where the word is preached, where the supper is administered to me, because there I get objective means of grace 
that reassure me that you are for me and not against me, that you are with me even in the hardest of times. Yes, that is where we desire to dwell. And that is where we will dwell for all of eternity. Oh, how important it is to have this eternal perspective as we walk through this life. The more we focus on all of the temporal things, the harder it is for us to get real perspective. And the more we get bogged down by it, most, most of the time with problems that we can't actually fix. But if we just pause, if we just pause, and remember our true dwelling place is indeed in the house of the Lord forever, well, then it starts to make some of the troubles of this world seem much smaller. Because yes, he will hide us in his shelter in the day of trouble. Verse six, and now my head shall be lifted up. Look at this. He's focused on the Lord. And now as he's doing that, he's encouraged. My head will be lifted up above all my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Notice that singing and make, making melody to the Lord, offering sacrifices to the Lord, is as response to the Lord's goodness to us. When you gather for worship on a Sunday morning, or whenever it is you might gather for worship, always remember that there's a conversation going on. There's a heavenly conversation going on within the liturgy. And just because you might go to a church that doesn't have, quote, liturgy, everybody has liturgy. Every church has a, has a structure to it for their worship. But what should be going on and what has always been going on in the liturgy is a conversation between God. God addresses his people and his people respond with, let's say, confession of sin. God addresses people through his word and God's people say amen. God, uh, God preaches the gospel to us and we sing shouts of deliverance. We sing songs of joy. God gives us his very body and blood, and we respond by partaking of it and knowing that we need to be united to him. Worship is this response. It's a conversation between God and his people each and every time. And David, having begun this conversation in this liturgy, saying, you're my shelter, now says as a result of remembering that, I want to sing shouts of joy and deliverance to you. I want to make melody to you. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. Indeed, David will even go on to say in verse 10, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. In the final analysis, your hope, Christian, is that no matter what comes, up, uh, comes upon you in this life, no matter who you might be forsaken by in this life, because the father has already said he has forsaken his son on your behalf so that you might be saved, you will never be forsaken. The book of Hebrews promises that to us. David sees this far off in the distance, knowing that there will be a Messiah that will save him one day in his own, from his own line. And he says, I know I can count on this, that you will never forsake me. You will never leave me. You'll be with me always 
as Jesus says, to the very end of the age. And you have that same promise today, church. He will be with you always to the very end of the age. Even now, he is your dwelling place. He is your shelter. He is your salvation. So whatever hardship you're facing, whatever struggles are going on, be comforted by that reality today. Gaze upon that reality that the Lord has given you so that you might walk with confidence in service to your neighbor today in whatever vocations he's given you to do. All right, that's it for today's devotion, Psalm 27. May God richly bless you this Tuesday and uh, give you much strength. Amen.